What's up, guys? A half and Moose here. Uh, another episode of Moosing Around. So, what we have going on here? So, usually the setup here, we'll do our podcast with an interview uh, mixed into the equation. But sometimes you have so much to talk about where the interview will be its own little segment. And uh, the interview that we just had with Mickey Ryan from 104.5. The voice of the Titan. voice in the in Nashville was so phenomenal. I hope y'all tune in. We cover everything from... So for my Florida State fans listening, a lot the, of A State stuff, A-State, the Mariota Winston comparisons, uh, the Predators, uh, everything here and there from Hafner stuff, a lot of good storytelling. Like Mickey's a natural, so yeah, dude is fantastic. So hey, if you want to, thank you, Mickey. Thank if, you. If you want to hear more from Mickey, tune in every Monday through Friday from two to six on 104.5 in Nashville. He's on all the channels. But anyways, I hope y'all enjoy this interview. Um, like, subscribe, this and that. And and you can find Mickey on Twitter at Mickey Ryan1045. Okay. And I may have 21 on Twitter. Um, and also, before I send it off to that, these first couple episodes aren't gonna be like produced or edited or anything so uh bear with us around episode five or six we will get a little more cleaned up on those skills all right thank y'all going on dude uh we are sitting here in the the moose cave with my buddy justin justin is a cousin of, of mine married married into the family um i'm not blood related so it's a good thing <laughs> hey man I, i'm not blood related either but i i'm i've kind of just made myself an honorary hafner so well mickey ryan has been an honorary hafner longer than i've been alive so i, I think it works he's doing something right <laughs> Like honestly, think about his job, his kids, his wife Christina. He's doing everything right that you need to be doing right now. I don't like, know if I'd go. I don't know if I'd go that far, but I, I appreciate that. I'm waiting for the book, though. Hey, dude, I remember. I remember whenever you had the uh, was it drive time or whatever with A State game time. Game. Time. That's what it <laughs> yeah. was. There it is. Game so time. guys, so guys, my buddy. Um, I want to keep it professional, but. Honestly, no, Mickey is family, okay? So, Mickey goes way back. Uh, really, the friendship starts with my Uncle Joe and Mickey, and all kinds of stuff has happened. And he is really doing me a big solid here by coming on to, like, the pilot podcast to be the first interview. It's pretty important to me that he come on here and do this. We've talked about this before, and he's actually here. And so, this is Mickey Ryan. Mickey, uh, if I say anything wrong right here, correct me, but Mickey is one of the co-hosts for 3HL, uh, 105 The Zone in in Nashville, if I'm correct. Yeah, 104.5 The Zone, yep. Yeah, and it airs Monday through Friday, uh, 2 through 6. I think our focus is the Titans. Uh, I don't know if you cover any Predator stuff or anything else like that, but y'all really focus on the Titans, if I'm correct, right? That's correct. We do some Titan stuff and some SEC stuff and – 
in the South, if you do a sports talk show, you talk a whole lot of football. But in Nashville, you, you can't avoid the Predators right now. They are uh, – Right. Man, they've just been so good the last couple of years and uh, just really taking the town by storm. So we we do talk some Predators, too, for sure now. So how was All-Star Weekend? Was it everything that you imagined it would be? Uh, you mean a couple of years ago in Nashville? Yeah, yeah, a couple of years ago when the, they hosted the Hockey All-Star Weekend. How was that? Um, I think at that point it probably put the eyes of the – certainly of the NHL on Nashville – um, for the first time where they really thought, okay, you know, this has seemed like a hockey market. It's a non-traditional market. But the All-Star game went so well, I think they thought, oh, my gosh, you know, this is a legitimate hockey market in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, uh, and then when the Predators made the finals, uh, not this past season, but the season before they played in the Stanley Cup finals, it was yeah. – Complete insanity. You know, there were 200,000 people downtown and Luke Bryan playing on top of a club outside the arena. And right. even the players couldn't believe yeah. what it was like. So the Predators have done a whole lot for uh, just the sports landscape in the city. We're actually getting the NFL draft in Nashville, the next NFL draft. Uh, That's going to be big time. 2019 will be in Nashville, Tennessee, and I think the Preds and their success and how it was handled by the city, honestly, I think that had a lot to do with us getting the draft here. Yeah. So I moved away from Nashville. It was going on 2013, and the Predators at that time was pretty much Kerry Underwood's husband plays for this team. And now you look to it now like what TK is a big personality in the in the game, and they're successful, and they're constantly there. So, I mean, if Tampa Bay can have a successful hockey team, there's no reason Nashville can have a successful hockey team. Well, they sure right. do have one now. Yeah. <laughs> so, Both that's of pretty, them. Yeah. So, Mickey, this guy is as big of an Indian slash Red Wolf as you'll ever get. Um, so... Red Wolf, and hey, I'm an Indian, and <laughs> that's just our age. Pretty much, if you're Red Wolf or Indian, goes back to how old you are, and this and that. So, so hey, 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 Mickey, you were there whenever Corey Leonard did the uh, did did the Hail Mary, right? At Memphis, the I was actually I was actually still in Nashville for my first stint. That happened uh, fairly close to I moved back in 2010. That happened before I moved back, but I was actually doing a radio show that day, and the game wasn't on anything, but I had the little thing on ESPN where you have the little dots where it just kind of shows what's going on, but, you know, you just watch the dots, and the game went to zero, and it looked like Arkansas State had won, you know, where it had the dots, and it had a throw, and and then the sometimes those apps those little scoring apps would go back in time, and then it went back to, like, third down or something. It wouldn't update. And I walked out. I was doing a show. Of course, it was on a Saturday. I walked outside the studio, jumping up and down, and then my phone reset and said it was third down, and Arkansas State wasn't winning. So then I, then it wigged me out, and I went back in and did the rest of the show, and I had to start calling. I think I actually called Joe Hafner, Aaron's uncle, to try to find out if Arkansas State had won the game, and he was going bananas. Yeah, man, we won the game. We won the game. (laughs) 
So I was not in Jonesboro oh. or Memphis for that. I was trying to do a radio show and watch Little Dots in Nashville. So for the listeners that have no idea who Arkansas State or Memphis even are these days, but hopefully they do, Arkansas State traveled to Memphis in the Liberty Bowl and won on a Hail Mary to beat Memphis, uh, which was pretty big. It was a pretty big win for the university. Um, so I know everybody is turning to this app to listen to Arkansas State talk, but <laughs> but hey, State, yeah, but ever. But people have to understand, like, Mickey is is doing very well right now, but the whole Mickey and Hafner stuff kind of evolved from Arkansas State University. Like, could you agree with that? Would you agree with that, Mickey? Yeah, when I moved, uh, I, you know, certainly people who are listening to this may not know Arkansas geography, but I moved about 20 miles up the road from Harrisburg to Jonesboro to go to Arkansas State, and that's when I met Aaron, that's when I met Joe, for people who are listening, your uncle, that was at Arkansas State. Um, I worked at a grocery store on Washington Avenue in Jonesboro, and Joe would come in there to see a couple of the other guys that I worked with. And uh, I didn't like him because he wouldn't talk much. He was super <laughs> quiet. And I said, there's something wrong with that guy. He never talks. I don't like that guy. And they, they were like, no, he talks to us. So he never talks to me, and everybody talks to me. There's something wrong with that guy. So they said, well, we're going to play basketball you know, this Saturday night, you should come and play. So I went to play basketball, and I, there were only like eight of us, so we weren't doing shirts and skins or anything. And, it, and at one point, Joe yelled to me, hey, man, I'm open. So I threw him the ball, and he went to the other end and made a layup. He goes, I'm open because I'm not on your team. And, and at that point, I hated him. And I love him like a brother now. I mean, literally, like like my brother. But I would have killed him that night, I think, had I been able to. That's, hey, and we're, we Hafners are uber competitive too. Like, but yeah, you Joe and I still, still win. But every time we play ball, even me being thirty three and him being forty eight, if we have to do anything, it's competitive. Like you should have seen Joe when I I was still living in Florida in October, and I came up here, and Cameron Cameron is my cousin and Joe's uh, eldest daughter. Um, she is a machine, by the way. She is a state champ in tennis and volleyball. And I've always been talking crap about Cameron playing tennis against her. And the moment finally, ca- finally happened, we went to the Jonesboro Country Club. And my dad and Joe, people I didn't even know, my buddy Mark, you know Mark, Marcus showed up, his dad, and watched Cameron just destroy me on that tennis court. Dude, I bet and she beat the brakes off you. Yeah, she yeah. owned me. I don't think I picked up a bracket since then. I'm, I'm embarrassed. <laughs> but I mean, I shouldn't be embarrassed because she is a champ and she's really good at what she does. That's everything, right. One of the best every, in the state. Everything she touches, she is good at. Yeah. Yeah. So half half her genetics right there. You're right. You're right. Hey, and we. You might think we hate it, hate you, but. While we're playing the game, but really, it's just that it's the blood, and it goes. Everybody has it in the family too. Uh, so Mickey is a diehard Red Wolf. He even came back. He was what were you the associate AD here? Associate AD, yeah, yeah. And but everybody has a dream job, and pretty much Nashville came calling back and offered you a take up an opportunity, correct, to go back and and do what you're doing right now, right? 
It was the chance to do PM Drive on the at that time the number one sports the number one rated sports talk uh, station in the United States, which typically we are, if not number one, very close to it. Um, and then I also do the pre and post game shows for the Titans. So and I, and I'm at the age where usually you get fired from doing those things. <laughs> so you know, not not offered the chance to do those things. So. Uh, yeah. So it was a, an unbelievable opportunity, you know, for a guy who grew up in Harrisburg, Arkansas, who dreamed of of doing something with an NFL football team. You know, literally, I can remember laying on my bed as an eight or nine year old kid and looking around my room, and I think I counted sixty two things that had at one NFL logo or another on them. I had that many NFL things in my room, and I thought, gosh, if I could just do something. And to have the chance to to work with the Titans like that has just been a. Well, I, I didn't even dream that big. I mean, I was. Yeah. Last was, year, I I was sitting at Arrowhead Stadium before a playoff game, doing the pregame show, and I thought I didn't even dream. I, I couldn't dream this big. You know, I mean, I, you grew up in Arkansas, and you see that Arrowhead Stadium, you can't even dream of you know broadcasting from somewhere like that before a playoff game. All right, Mickey. Now I'm very bitter and upset at you right now. Okay. okay. Time about, no, 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 no. I need to fight him real quick. No, time out. Well, <laughs> when I was working with Arkansas State, we, you know, went to Arrowhead and played Missouri. So I've done that before, Mickey. I love how you don't even mention covering two Super Bowls as one one thing you've never imagined you'd be doing. Holy crap. Well, I've been to three Super Bowls, four so my, Super Bowls. See, my bad. See, my research wasn't that good. My bad. Yeah. Three Super Bowls. What are you doing? <laughs> actually, I've, actually I, I hate to correct both of us, but I've covered four Super Bowls. So. But being an arrowhead trumps them both? Well, <laughs> the Super Bowl is kind of its own category. But, you know, there I'm on press row and – Press row at the Super Bowl is probably the most amazing thing that I've ever been a part of. Now doing my show and sitting there looking at Arrowhead Stadium, yeah, it was just it was a special thing. I grew up. I, I was a, a Chiefs fan. They were the closest team to Jonesboro, so I kind of latched on to the Chiefs. But the Super Bowl thing, it's surreal because we're sitting at a table, and you know you turn around, somebody bumps into you, and it's Terry Bradshaw, <laughs> and so he says hello to you, and then you know there's all the people from Independence Day who are there promoting that second Independence Day movie. And then here comes, you know, some Sports Illustrated swimsuit model. And then here comes Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis who promoted all of and produced all of Janet Jackson's albums. And, you know, then here's uh, Jeff Gordon and, I mean, Warren Moon. Yes, Joe Montana. We interviewed Dan Marino one year. I mean, it's just – it's just surreal, and here they come, one after the other. Uh, Ronnie Lott, I mean, you name it. We've seen all those guys, so the, covering the Super Bowl was really more surreal than anything else. There were times I had to pinch myself over which the location, people we were getting talked to. Super Bowl, which Super Bowl location was your favorite one to work at? I've been to Phoenix, uh, San Francisco. I've been to... Uh, this past year was in Minneapolis. That was my least favorite. One, one day the high was minus three. Yeah, I was told that, or not told, but I read that like they probably won't ever go back there. Like some of the big time events, like people just weren't like down for it. 
there nobody was there for some of these events. That no, you, otherwise were pretty big, yeah. Well, we were in Houston last year. That was the other one that I went to. And you can get, if you're lucky, and we got lucky a couple times when we've gotten invited to some of these Super Bowl parties. And it's always, it's not at a venue. It's at a warehouse that nobody knows about that you have to be invited. And then you find out and you get an address. And so you Uber, you know, to this warehouse in the middle of nowhere. And so we walk in. And it was the chain smokers. Oh wow! And so they're just killing it. And then I'm telling you, if this place was in Jonesboro, it would be condemned. It's just <laughs> an empty warehouse, you know, with like oil stains on the floor. And there's the chain smokers. Mm-hmm. And so we stayed. Oh man, pretty late. We went to get Whataburger at like one thirty in the morning, and apparently Snoop Dogg showed up at two thirty in the morning, and he played until daylight. So you know. <laughs> So you just don't know what's going to happen at those things. But uh, in those Super Bowl parties, you know, you're standing there, and it could be anybody in the room with you. So that was pretty amazing, too. This so amazing. And like you said earlier, from Harrisburg, Arkansas, and then covering all that stuff. So, well, I, I always tell people, if somebody asks you who's the luckiest person you know, you can say it's a guy named Mickey Ryan. He's the luckiest person I know. I'm, because, not, trying to be, I'm not trying to be materialistic, but I do have to show this little fact out for our listeners. Um, I might get the state wrong, but Mickey also happens to be married to a Miss, is it Illinois or Kentucky? Miss Illinois, yeah. Miss Illinois. She is a amazing woman, though. By the way... I still owe y'all some Cajun pasta. I will make y'all some Cajun <laughs> pasta. Tonight. I have not forgotten about that, Mickey. The next time I'm there, I might come there July 28th weekend if you're all around. I'll make you some Cajun pasta. I well, I've been waiting two years now on that stuff, so I'm still waiting. <laughs> it I will just, happen. I see it on Facebook occasionally or Twitter. So yeah. So let's get back to what you covered for the living out the Titans. And you know who I'm a fan of? And I always get this question, and they always get tied together. So I'm going to ask if around that camp if this ever gets brought up. In Nashville, Tennessee, do people still compare Jameis and Mariota? Does it ever? Do you ever hear it? It's inevitable, I guess, because of their draft position. And with Jameis, you know, having the issue and and getting yeah. the suspension from the NFL and the whole issue with the Uber driver coming up. Yeah. Um, the guy who was the director of scouting for the Titans when that draft occurred was on another show on my station, and they were, you know, asking him, they said, if something had happened and the Buccaneers hadn't drafted Winston, he says the Titans would have still drafted Mariota, although there are others who were in the building at that time that said, you know, if the Buccaneers had taken Mariota, they would have taken Winston if the Buccaneers had taken, we all knew it was going to be Mariota or Winston, but if they'd taken somebody else, right. uh, the Titans probably would have taken him because he was a pro-style drop-back passer. And Marcus wasn't. You know, Marcus didn't run a, a huddle. He didn't run under center. You know, he runs a, he ran a true spread offense at Oregon. And Jameis w- was 100% pro-ready as a quarterback based on the system. And, you know, Aaron, I know you're a huge Florida State fan. 
you probably saw every play that he ever took part in at Florida State. You know, he was – his game is tailor-made for the NFL. You know, he can run a little bit. He can scramble. He can avoid sacks. He can look down the field. He can throw down the field. He can make every throw. So, I don't know if the Titans would have drafted him or not, and that was a bit in dispute a little bit. But, you know, for the most part, being in, in different – conferences, the NFC and the AFC, you remember they played early on, they played yeah, like yeah. week one of, of their careers, yeah. I, I think was when they played, but yeah. for the most part, they don't play each other that often, Jameis's name doesn't come up that often, but just occasionally it will, it's inevitable, it's going to. Hey, hey Mickey, man, is, is Marco Murray, is he still around, or is, are they... Gonna get rid of him and go with Deion Lewis and uh, Henry. Well, Demarco Murray's contract was written in a way that they could cut him after two years and not have any dead cap money, so they moved on from him. That's kind of a John Robinson, who's the Titans GM. Um, I think has one of his gifts is writing contracts that that pay the player generously but that give a window of time that the Titans can determine if they want to go forward with that player or not. And so for DeMarco, he made good money for two years, but they did cut him loose this offseason. And he hasn't caught on anywhere yet, to the best of my knowledge. So hey, he, struggled. Make- he struggled last year down the stretch with some injuries and was just never 100%. But uh, in his first year with the Titans, he led the AFC in rushing. Which was big because a lot of people thought his success was based on the Cowboys O line. Offensive player of the year. And then yeah. and then he moved somewhere else and he still uh performed. Hey, Mickey, remind me, what was y'all's what was y'all's draft what the draft looks like for the Titans? This year? Yes, sir. Four people. They had four picks. Um, they took Rashawn Evans. Yeah, the linebacker from Alabama in the first round. It's funny. Somebody asked me, "Who do they need to draft?" We and we, of course, we're doing a show every day from two to six. So I said, "This is." I'm not lying. I said they need to draft an inside linebacker, an outside linebacker, a safety, and a backup quarterback. That's the four things they need. Well, by the time. <laughs> the draft is finished. They had four picks, and they drafted an inside linebacker, an outside linebacker, a safety, and a project backup quarterback. <laughs> yes, sir. So I, you know, I don't, I don't brag on myself too often, but but I have to in that case. Um, that's kind of what I said they needed to do. So they took Rashawn Evans. Uh, they got Harold Landry from Boston College in the second round. A lot of people had a first round grade on him. Had a great junior year, but kind of stumbled some as a senior. He was injured. Well, he gave um, us a lot of trouble. Sort of State, oh, I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So Especially they that took a little blowout last season. They took him, and they took Dane Cruikshank, who's a safety from. Gosh, I'm blanking now. Either Arizona or Arizona State. I think he's from Arizona. Uh, my mind is kind of blanking out. Um, I have a three-year-old, so I don't sleep much. Uh, and then they took, and then they took <laughs> Luke Falk from Washington State. He was their last yeah. pick. It's kind of a project backup quarterback. Yeah. So what are the expectations in Nashville this year for the Titans? Um, 
I think our expectations, the people that cover the team are, you know, this was uh, a nine-win team that then went to Kansas City and won a playoff game on the road last year. And they bring back really everybody. I mean, every pertinent player on the team is back. The entire starting offensive line is back. The quarterback is back. Uh, and they got a lot better on defense with the draft picks, I think, and with the addition of Malcolm Butler from the Patriots and Deion Lewis, the running back from the Patriots. I think they're a better team. The, the one thing that's going to hurt the Titans is that division, the AFC South, I mean, look at the Jaguars' defense, guys. That's I know. A, so, yeah. Holy so, cow. I mean, hey, hey, pause where you're at for a second, Mickey. Yeah. I just want to say thank you so much for giving me one of my most favorite moments of all time. So I'm sitting here. So people that aren't listening, Jalen Ramsey went to Brentwood Academy, all right? So when I was living in Nashville, I got to watch this guy play at Brentwood Academy with uh, Max, whatever he signed with Florida, but he never ended up panning out. He ended up transferring. Max Savers, yeah, Max Savers. So I watched Jalen play in high school. Then obviously, in the time when I watched Jalen play, when I went to watch that playoff game while he's at Brentwood Academy, he was committed to USC at that point. And obviously, we know he ended up, you know, signing with Florida State, winning the national championship there. So I got to see Jalen play in high school, college, and the pros. And this guy, you got Jalen Ramsey. Jalen was on their show, if I'm not mistaken. And this yep. guy got Jalen do a personal shout-out to me that I still have saved on my phone to this day. And that's still one of my favorite moments of all time. <laughs> Glad we made that happen. I knew you <laughs> liked him, so he, he was nice enough to do it. Yeah, and he said my name. Yeah. He didn't just do like a little – he said, Aaron, say my name. He said Tallahassee. He said Florida State. He said No Nation. I'm like Mickey, I love you so much right now, man. <laughs> well, I was yeah. happy to do it. And those guys almost walked into Foxborough and caused a problem. Yeah. So, well, they've got a great team and a great defense. You know, the question for them with a lot of people is their quarterback Blake Bortles and <laughs> Bortles, you know, okay. and and how and how far he can take them and. You know, he's a big guy. He moves better than people give him credit for. You know, he's he's had some really good moments in the NFL, and he's had some bad moments. So, they're, yeah. you know, a, a lot of their fortunes are going to rest on the arms of Blake Bortles. Um, then you've got the Texans and Deshaun Watson, and he was just off to a phenomenal start last year before, injury, he, injury, before yeah. he got hurt. And, you know, if J.J. Watt and Merciless are healthy and um, – um, oh, the guy from South Carolina. Um, um, hey, Mickey, I heard Andrew Luck. Defensive line. Clowny, Clowny. I heard yeah. Andrew Luck threw a uh, toy football four yards the other day, so I'm really excited. <laughs> well, uh, and Genevieve and Clowny, yes. They're they're loaded on defense, too. Um, and they've got, you know, they've got some really skilled offensive players too. And Deshaun Watson, if he's healthy, he's scary. And like you said, Andrew Luck apparently threw a high school football uh, <laughs> one day during minicamp. There were pictures of him. And look at your own hand with your cell phone in it. And that's what that ball looked like in Andrew Luck. <laughs> like seriously, if you have a regular size cell phone, that's what the ball looked like yeah. in Andrew Luck's hands. But if he's I, I just, healthy, 
the Titans have never beaten Andrew Luck in a game. That's a true story. That he's never lost to the Titans. Hey, hey, you have to look at this, Mickey. If we're trying to be optimistic here. No, if the NFL doesn't work out for Andrew, his father is now the commissioner of the XFL. So future endeavors might have might have Andrew Luck in the XFL, right? <laughs> Man, what wouldn't that be something? That, I just wonder what silly name would he have on his jersey, you know? I laugh right now because in, in Justin well, Moose, kind of always a podcast is named after because what we do here is Moose Around. I'm looking at an Indianapolis Colts little pennant type deal that's hung up because he's a closet Colts fan. This just breaks his heart. <laughs> All this going on right now. And underneath that one, Mickey, is a Buccaneers one. I miss Titans. <laughs> <laughs> no, Mickey, I'll, I'll only keep you for a few more minutes. You have a wife and kid to put to bed, and I thank you so much for coming on this show. Like, this is – so, I won't I won't even lie, Mickey. I, you're my second option for the uh, pilot podcast interview. The first one was Bobby Bowden, but you can understand <laughs> that one, right? Touche, yes. Because if you rem- I don't know if you remember this, Mickey. There's a picture of me, like one of my former teammates was a GA at Akron, and then when I was living in Nashville, he got me tickets to watch Akron in Knoxville play Tennessee, and I sat with the Bowdens. Wow. And, and like his PR person, Kimberly, took a picture of me like freaking out because I didn't realize I was going to be sitting right with the family. And that same weekend, Florida State played Clemson, and Jeff Bowden's son was there and like we watched the phone or we watched the game on his phone so like we've kind of me and the PR person have kind of been friends and I DM'd her and I was like hey I taught I was learned or I was taught that you missed out on 100% of the shots you don't take like is there any way I can get Bobby on for the pilot podcast or any podcast at that uh, like we'll be covering a lot of sports a lot of wrestling a lot of here and out a lot of random stories and but she hadn't tweeted I, I sent her a, a DM on her Twitter but I didn't realize that she hadn't tweeted in like a couple years so I sent her one on Facebook and like that was earlier today so watch her be like yeah sure I get in one I'm like alright we're going to delete this Mickey one for next week okay <laughs> fair enough I wouldn't do that I wouldn't do that dude. I'm joking hey. If Coach Bowden calls, you just drop me to wherever you need to drop me. That's a legend right there, man. That is a great yeah, legend. That's phenomenal. But Moose, you have anything for Mickey? I know. I know. Hey, Mickey, man. Um, whenever you were in uh, Arkansas State, I used to work with a guy who was a baseball player there. His name was Murray Watts. You remember oh, him? I know, dude. In my garage, I have one of Murray Watts bats from his minor league career that he broke and brought to me. Awesome, dude. I've got a, I've got a, a, a signed card from him for my son whenever uh, he, he ended up like he didn't really do much there because he married a girl. Lakin. Lakin, exactly. Lakin yeah. 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 And man, Murray was just a super awesome dude and he did the uh, um, like the morning show with uh, what's, the, what's his name? Um Budrow? Uh, Budrow, yeah. Yeah, Murray used to come on uh, with me all the time when I was in Jonesboro. He's 
He's a phenomenal guy. I, I'm still mad at the Sun Belt because Murray's last year at Arkansas State, he had a phenomenal year and wasn't picked first team all Sun Belt as the first baseman. So I refuse to recognize any all Sun Belt teams since that time <laughs> because of how they jilted Murray Watts. I tweeted about it. Uh, I still hold a grudge on Murray's behalf for that because he was. So, if he's not first team all Sun Belt, I don't know who is. Again, for our out-of-state listeners, Murray Watts is a big old human being. This guy signed, I think he may have given a year to the Razorbacks. Yeah, he, 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 he didn't like Van Horn. He told me Van Horn pissed him off. And yeah, he couldn't do and, then, and then came back to Arkansas State and raised and ended up getting drafted or signed. Don't get me he, was, on that. he was drafted by the Kansas City Royals, yeah? Yeah. Yes, sir, yeah. What is he, about 6'5", six, 6'7"? Six, yes, every bit of it. Yeah, and I think he's 6'7". Six seven and a good dude. I know. I know his wife. I went to Central with his wife a little bit. So good family. Good. I haven't talked to that guy. I haven't heard that name in so long. That's yeah, awesome. That trips him out because man, he worked with. Um, you know, uh, uh Todd, uh, Todd Bomb. Bom- yeah, Bomb Gardner. Bomb Gardner. Bomb. Yeah, I know his wife too, Kimberly. Yeah. Um, yeah. He he worked where I worked at too, man. And 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 Bomb was super cool, man. And the, the nicest freaking dude you'd ever meet in your life. All right. I believe well, when when Todd Baumgartner graduated from Arkansas State, he was the all. I think he was the all-time hit leader when he graduated, and he may still hold that distinction. He was a good. He was scrappy too. Awesome. Yeah, he's a good dude. I know. I know Todd. Yeah, Todd's, Todd's just fantastic people. So's Murray. I, I, I mean, that's both Todd great guys. The, right, is he still doing the FCA stuff? I don't know. I, I know for a little bit Todd was working for FCA or something like that. Yeah, he was running. He was the FCA guy for uh, Arkansas State for all the athletic teams out there. I haven't talked to Todd in a while, and I've been gone for about four years now, but I, I think he still works in that capacity, yeah. Hey, uh, hey Missy, were, were you ever in contact with anybody named Blake Barber? Do you know who I'm talking about? Sure, I know Blake. Yeah, he played uh, baseball at Arkansas State as well. That, hey, that is the president of the company that I work for, Ashley Lighting. Yeah, well, that's where Lake and worked, right? Lake and what? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I know Blake. He's married to uh, Shauna, and I were in college at Arkansas State at the same time, and she's she's great, too. Awesome, dude. Awesome, man. Hey, hey Mickey. Um, man, I really, really appreciate you coming on here, dude. It's awesome to talk to you. I've been a fan of yours. I've listened to you since, man, since, uh, you know, ever. <laughs> I, I, I had to reach out to you, Mickey. I, I know you do a lot of things for me, and you also, not only do you know your stuff, and you have the good voice, but, like, you're a good dude, but also you have a little clout to you also. And, like, your stories, like, we could make this. We look. This interview could literally go for a couple of hours and it would never run dry. Um, <laughs> I, I truly believe that. We could. We could talk everything. Just NFL, hockey, college ball. But l- last question. I'll let you go. Get back to your awesome family. So, where are you at with Arkansas State football this year? What are we going to do? What are they going to do? Um. And, and what do you think about the waterfalls? The what? The waterfalls out there. Oh, in the end there. zone. <laughs> um, that has gone through a couple of different – you know, it, when Gus Malzahn was the coach at Arkansas State, I was there. 
and he sort of presented his idea of, you know, what he wanted the end zone to look like, you know, besides just the metal bleachers that were there. Um, and Terry Mahodger became the athletic director while Gus was the coach. Um, Dean Lee hired um, Gus Malzahn, who was the AD before Terry Mahodger. Dean Lee, yeah. <laughs> and, and when Terry came in, I, I think basically what what – Gus liked and maybe what Dean and he had worked on, I think it was just more of a concept at that time. You know, I don't think there was a fully executed plan or anything. It was just more of a, hey, this is what we would like to look like someday. And Terry really took that and ran with it. And I was there when the new scoreboard was put in. That was one of my projects. Um, I was there when um, the indoor facility was planned. I was there when the new press box and luxury suites were started. All that stuff was done while I was there, and um, the water feature was something that came about, I guess, after I left. But it's, it's going to look amazing down there. It is, you know. Yeah. And, and truly, in Arkansas, you need to put some catfish in there and some crappie, <laughs> you know. So people hey, throw, uh, you know, throw a rod and reel in the truck. And you know, no, Mickey, what, Mickey? I think you'll, we need a so a few, you know, bucks around there too, so all our fans don't leave during hunting season. Yeah, that's. That was always a problem. You know, you you have a lot of people who they live for those Saturdays. They get to duck hunt, and that's that's tough to compete with. Even when Arkansas State is really good, which they've been for, you know, the last, what, six, seven years, that's still very tough. Actually, seven years. um, Started Hugh Freeze in 2011. But that's really, really tough to compete with. You know, guys love to hunt so much. Uh, and that duck season overlap is always going to be tough, you know. Yeah. Hey, hey, Mickey, was the, was Gus Malzahn really hard to talk to? You know, it's funny. He and I got along great, <laughs> and I was still working in radio. I got hired at Arkansas State after Terry came there, but I was doing my show, and I was there every day. And... Gus got to know me a little bit, and he actually asked me to do his TV show. And so, you know, it kind of got flown up the flagpole, and everybody said, okay, if that's who he wants, then you can do it. <clears throat> and I I never missed a practice. I was out there every day. I did three hours by myself on the radio, so I tried to get as many interviews and anything more interesting than me just sitting there talking, which just about anything would be more interesting than that. <laughs> but I was always out there getting interviews, and I was out there the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, and I was the only person there. And I'll never forget, they sent me a couple players up to talk. I'm sure it was Applin and, you know, Nathan Harold or Q Lee or, you know, Tim Starson, some of those guys, and they came up to talk to me, and Gus had walked upstairs to go to one of his assistant's offices, and he walked by this they had kind of a trophy room, a history room upstairs, and that's where we used to do interviews. And he walked by, and he kind of looked at me and did a double take, and he kept walking. And then, like, two seconds later, he backed up. He said, are you the only one here? I said, yes, sir. And he goes, you're the only one here. And I said, yes, sir. He goes, you want to talk to me? And he never – he only talked to us once a week on Monday. He talked to everybody on Monday. And I said, yes, sir. And he goes, okay, as long as you want, one-on-one, let's go. Oh, wow. And he, and he did like 25 minutes with me, and it was incredible. He has such a great football mind. You can ask him, okay, the seventh play of the fourth quarter 
of the third game of the year, you know, against Louisiana Monroe. What did you call? And he can tell you what he called and why. It's amazing. Can I ask him about the uh, – can I ask him about the last drive in Pasadena that Jameis <laughs> that James ran against? <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I, hey, I had to take that blow. I had to take that blow. Hey, you know what? He, he would answer the question for you. He would. You think he, he would? Yep, 100%. He'd answer hey, Mickey, the question. Hey, Mickey, get Gus to be a, a guest on this podcast. I don't know I'll if I got you, that I, kind I will of power, give, I will give you. I will give you lucrative. I'll make you three batches of Cajun pasta. Hey, hey, hey Mickey, man, just, just real quick. Who's your favorite uh, Arkansas State player of all time? Ooh. Mine is either Robert Kilo or Hickenbotham. Those guys are those guys are both great. Um, Corey Leonard's mine. Or the or, remember the Mitchells, Corey Leonard, Chappelle and Sean. Yep, I remember Chappelle Mitchell. Um, Applin. I I, I, go back. I love how we asked Mickey his favorite words. We gave him like thirty five. <laughs> All right, but we'll let Mickey answer this one. Sorry, y'all, y'all need to have me on for like a whole show. We can talk about our favorite A State players. Um, another whole show. <laughs> I, I go Mickey back just to asked it. to come back on the podcast. I think he, he did. did. I think he, I think he, Mickey's going to be our like, you know, every podcast has like the constant guest. Hey, like, can, 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 put your hand to the phone because we're half five. <laughs> yeah. Um, right. I go back. I go back to the seventies, and there were so many great players. I was in school at the same time as Fred Barnett. Um, oh, man. I just missed Dwayne Mr. Brown. Eagle. Actually, actually did overlap one year with Dwayne Brown. He was fantastic to watch. Uh, Timmy Langford, who was a quarterback before Dwayne Brown, he's on the board of trustees now. Is that the doctor? State. Yeah, is that the doctor that is yep. in a lot of course? Yeah. Yep. Fantastic. His son um, played here, didn't he? For a little he played bit. for Aaron, I think is his name. I think he played yeah. one year. Yeah. Um, as a receiver, and then I think he transferred. Maybe he went to Arkansas and graduated from there. Um. Man, all those all those guys who were there when I was there, Carlos McCants is just one of the all time great people and Yeah. You know, Ryan Applin is he's the offensive coordinator now at University of North Alabama. He's just yeah. a fantastic dude. Philip Butterfield, Mickey Tim Starson, oh, Q Butterfield. Lee. Yeah. Mickey, so we can end on this one, all right. So what is amazing is the Oh, my man Demario Davis. Can't yeah, forget DeMar- about him. Love Demario. And he's a good dude, and he's doing a lot of good stuff. Hey, who was the guy, who was the tight end that ended up with the Colts and ended up getting cut? Uh, Darian, Darian Griswold. Griswold. Yeah. Yes, that, that hurt my heart. Griswold was fantastic. He reminded me of like an Antonio Gates, but a little bit thicker. So yeah. I haven't posted this picture on Instagram yet, maybe because I'm fat and out of shape now. But I'm at a bar, like a low-key bar in Tallahassee, and I see this guy, I was like, man, you look really familiar, because you're probably wearing, now there's a lot of Florida State, Arkansas State ties, it was Freddie Knight, and I was like, Freddie, wow. I was like, what's up, man, like, Freddie, and I told him about, like, you know, Rita and them, like, Joe, everybody's big on, like, the, hey, you the, you because he probably couldn't make it, hey, Freddie was a ball player, the last year, Pulaski Academy, I believe. Uh, and like he was really great. He's like, Hey man, you need anything while you're here, let me know. I was like, dude, that's awesome. And then obviously Walt Bell was here. Yeah. Uh, was at Arkansas State before he went to Maryland and then came back here. So like 
the ties are awesome. Like between like, and then Dickie Nutt. Dickie Nutt. Good family. He's now at Stetson. Like, so Dickie actually paid for my U-Haul back to Arkansas. Very Lucas, nice. His son still had stuff there. Lucas had stuff there. So he's like, hey, man, I'll help you out if you help me out. And then, you know, and he kind of said something. I felt like a, I felt like Mickey Ryan because, like, he gave me some info before anybody else knew about it. He's like, yeah, uh, I got offered a position to get that because he wasn't really coaching at Florida State. Leonard Hale right. literally made up a position for him so he can have a job at at Florida State. That's awesome. Um, yeah. And then and then Stetson offered him like actually a, a job like back recruiting and coaching and stuff. He's like I had to do it. So Stetson's in the land, Florida. So some of the people listening are familiar with that. But so it's pretty cool. The ties like it's a small world. But Mickey, I'm going to keep you about 15 or 20 minutes, and we're looking at the 43 minute mark right 40, now. 40. <laughs> so that's just. Like, you mean a lot to me and the family, and, like, you're, you'd help anybody out and your vast knowledge of stuff. Hey, Mickey, it's just it's a pleasure for me to talk to you because I've heard you on the radio for so long. I'm such a fanboy. I just want to let you know it is an honor to talk to you, bro. And we'll talk to him again. I think he'll come back on the show. Well, it's um, an honor, to, honor to, to be on the first podcast since Bobby Bowden wasn't available. It's an honor to be here <laughs> for him. And I, so I asked Mickey a long time ago, like, tips and stuff, because me and a guy from in Florida were supposed to do a podcast, but his name was Mike Settle. This is a good a good problem to have. He actually, he was teaching and coaching down in Florida, and he actually, I have to ask Mike if he's, I don't want to air that out on a podcast, but, if he, but he, no, he got accepted, no, he got accepted into the Dan Patrick School of, like the Dan Patrick School of like radio or Broadcasting or something big time. Oh, so he's getting an internship where you focus on like it's money or do you really work no, like it's it's like real school and like it's it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's cool. So uh, so that's the first time I ever contacted Mickey about like hey tips and tricks and stuff. Like obviously the first podcast won't be that great because my editing skills aren't the best and stuff. But it's a start. And I thought you were going to say it won't be that great because you were on it, Mickey. <laughs> no, I just say you're the one that's kind of going to keep people coming back. <laughs> that would be fantastic if you'd said that, though. Uh, well, no, I've already said Bobby Bowden's better than Mickey Ryan. So that's, okay. Uh, but I think Mickey would agree with that one to an extent. 100% Bobby Bowden, yes. 100% no, zero for step for hey, as Bobby, uh, like I, I would connect with Bobby and start the interview. I'd, I'd just be like, Bobby, I don't know what to I can breathe right now. the only person I've ever known that can make a 49 nothing loss sound like a win. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. I won't keep pushing on, but Mickey, I will let you go. Thank you so much for coming. All right. Mickey. All right, guys. Thanks for having me. When you listen back to this, I'm like, oh, my goodness. That is awful. Live, <laughs> live, make it sound great. And, and as soon as you do, you be like, oh, yeah, that's just Aaron. All yeah. right, just, just edit all the good parts together. It'll be fine. All right, Mickey, tell your wonderful family that hello, and I will make Christina. Hey, congrats on your new baby, bud. Well, hey, hey, thanks. The thank Rebel you. Rouser is like eight years old now. He's three. Rebel is three years old now, yes. Rebel Rouser, that's, I love it. Uh, yes. But, Tell that daughter of yours also, and Christina, I said hi. Um, I'll do it. Cajun pasta. All right, Mickey, thank you so much. All right, boys, have a good night. You too. Bye. See you later. Bye.